the blast from our past network. This week on Talking Back, what a horrible night to have a curse. Talking Back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and with me this week is co host Dean. Hello, Dean. Hello, Tim. How's it going? It's going great. How about you? Excellent. The cool. Christmas has ended. Sadly, Christmas has ended. Christmas is over. Yeah. Uh, We're still in the in the season. It's the month of December still, yes. It's yeah. uh yeah, if that's what you mean by season. That's it's what I meant. Uh, still it's frosty out, a little bit frosty. Uh mm-hmm. I'm no longer jolly. The the jolly's gone. You're not allowed to be jolly after Christmas, so I'm not jolly, I'm just cold. Just feeling cold. Now. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm very cold. So that's all. Um, I was going to try to be jolly, but you're right. Why bother? Yeah. Why bother? Yeah. We we left it all on the table last week. We were as jolly as we could possibly be last week. Did you get Did you get nogged out? I got nogged out, dude. Oh, I got I got <laughs> nogged hard, man. Got, oh man, I got nogged out. Yeah, and I'm lactose intolerant, so that nog just keeps oh, on man. giving. I appreciate you um, joining the nog train. For, for the episode because uh, of it's course. A special it's a special treat for us um it's always uh, the reoccurring thing is too many nogs <laughs> yeah that's the thing that's what they say you know too many nogs too many nogs you know i guess someone could have worse problems than too many nogs for sure yeah uh we're doing something interesting though this week we're doing something wild tim something we haven't done in so many episodes i know it's in it's in our title. It's in like it's <laughs> what we claim we do, but we never Yet do it. We, we don't rarely do it. Do it. We rarely yeah. do it. It's because it almost slid into the more, Tim. We were almost <laughs> pushing it into the more. There was a time where it, the thought crossed my mind to just wipe yeah. that video game right off. But yeah. the reason we were going to have to wipe it off was because we weren't doing it. But yeah. I want to be doing it. It's just difficult. So this one though. We, we were able to work in some video games and I'm very happy about it. And you, you were uh, messaging me midweek. You've fallen back in love with video games. It's like your new oh, thing Tim. now. It's your new best friend is video games. Here's the thing, Tim. I get kind of obsessed about things and like I just fall into them like head first, consume all the content I can. And after playing Castlevania for like uh, maybe an hour, I was convinced that i was back into video games i just fell in love with the game and fell in love with video games again i'm on board now i've just been watching like youtube videos about video games all week been playing other games cracking out my other games and playing them i love it i'm all in i like that we go like three games hit you with three games oh yeah we're we were trying to figure out how to do this we're playing catch up well we had talked about this before about um possibly covering nintendo games and then like you can't just really cover one nintendo game uh i love listening to video game podcasts but if those guys are covering one video game there's so much background there's so much detail there's so much stuff that we're just not going to get into so we thought we would um you know get a little bit more 
content involved and we're hammering out three video games and yeah. i think if we if we continue with nintendo games which i'm sure we will eventually do i don't you know i'm not saying the next video game we, we're going to do is nintendo games but when we do it'll probably be in this format we'll probably load up like three old nintendo games or old video games that we like and just kind of yeah. talk about those uh to keep it uh, uh fun fun and light yeah and i think this is a really nice trilogy oh I this is a great place be, to start yeah exactly great place to start there's going to be a nice uh thread going through them all i think of like how they progress from game to game so uh i think it's going to be a good convo totally and it's a nice fit because the um like one of the early video games we covered was bloodstained curse of the moon which is like heavily influenced by this series so and tim yes i know that now yeah yeah you know that now you didn't really know that at the time i get it now i get bloodstained now i get it cool now, I'm glad, Dean, that you're going to be able to relax this episode, because for the past couple of days, I thought you might not be relaxed for this episode, because yes. you, my friend, got to Dracula in yeah. Castlevania 1. I did. And uh, that is um, well known as a roadblock of gamers, as, as people can get to Dracula, can't really get past Dracula, and if you do... It's the jumpy toady rock flying thing or whatever it is after him that just crushes everybody. So I actually haven't beat that game. I I, th- I believe I beat Dracula maybe once and just got stomped. I maybe had like one bar of health or something. So I haven't beat that yeah. game. You made it your mission over the past few days to beat that motherfucker. And you had just been hammering, hammering, hammering. And you finally did it earlier today. So you can relax, Dean. Congratulations. You did it. You beat the game. Yes, thank you, man. I was feeling a little bit of the pressure. I tried. I on. I'm playing it on Switch, and on Switch you can have a. Uh, you can you can save a save point. So I was playing it straight before then, but I got to that. Uh, I got to that Dracula, and you know he killed me a couple times, and I was like, okay, hey, you know what? I'm just gonna save it right in front of this Dracula and come back tomorrow. Came back the next day, played for like two hours, got past Dracula a couple times. Rock monster stomped me every single time. Um, so I was, you know, I was pissed off today. I knew we were recording today. So lunch break, I was determined on lunch break to do it. And after about 30 to 40 minutes, I finally got it done. Yeah, you did. I was so pumped, man. That Dracula, man, he's a fucker. And that, that rock jumper, oh my goodness. It's it's tough. Um yeah, we'll, we'll get into the game though. We're, we're... We can get into it. I got a ser- I had to get a serious strategy to beat that Tim, and I had to not make a mistake. Yeah, you made. I, I saw. I watched it. You made. You made. You made a couple mistakes there. Well, I feel like I feel like I made only one mistake on Rock Monster. I feel like there's almost no way to not get hit by him. Mm. <clears throat> Good players don't get hit. <laughs> Just saying. I don't know. Funny it's how rude, funny, Tim, it's yeah, rude. One of us here has beat the game, exactly. and it's not you. It's exceptionally rude because I, I can't even do it myself. It's never a good idea to make so, make fun of someone who's better at, at something than you are. Yes, because then correct. it makes you look even more that stupid. <laughs> it makes you look worse. And then when you say more that stupid, that sounds even worse because that's not even a correct sentence. So, so there, double I double. I don't whammy, even need to say anything, Tim. You did it yourself. <laughs> you can just sit back and just let me roast myself. I'm good, this whole man. Show. I'm sitting back with my beer. I'm yeah, good here. No, that's fine. Yeah, speaking of beers, I got a leftover Christmas holiday beer here from the UK I'm sipping on. Excellent. Christmas ale. Anybody, any of our UK listeners, if you've heard of Faversham Brewery, that's where this one was from. So, oh, cool. Sh- yeah, shout out to Faversham. 
Um, Britain's oldest uh, brewery, according to the label. Britain's oldest brewery? Yeah, that's what the label says. There's cool. no way a label could be wrong. That's also true. Labels are not like the internet. No. Labels are always true. Okay, Dean. I thought before maybe we talked about these video games. Oh, uh, for anybody who's clueless as to what we're doing, we're going to cover Castlevania 1, 2, and 3. Some podcasts might give you one of those in an episode. Wow. And we're just like, you know what? No. No, that's not enough. We want more for our listeners. Listeners, thank you for joining this week. I put in a lot of hours this week on this game. So on I, Castlevania? On Castlevania, Castlevania 2, Castlevania 3. I was playing every night. I was playing all night. I'm, I'm ready for this one, man. Um, just our history a little bit with this game. This was the very first time I had ever played a Nintendo. Old, no older brother and father went out, came home on a Friday night with a big brown suitcase. Wow. And they opened the suitcase up and inside was a Nintendo, which like, you know, that scene in Pulp Fiction where they open their briefcase and it's just yes, glowing yeah. gold. It's glowing gold. That's yeah. exactly what I saw. <laughs> And we rented Castlevania, we rented Metroid, and we rented Solomon's Key. Three games, a Nintendo for the weekend. It was was amazing. I still, honestly, I can still picture in my head us in the living room just like looking at it in this case and like trying to set it up. And even though though you have to plug like two two things in, two or three things in, everybody's sitting there just like scratching their head. Like, I I don't know if we can figure this out. How are we going to get this thing yeah, to work? Where does this plug into? What's going on here? It was so much fun. So I think we pretty much hammered Castlevania most of that weekend. We played a bit of Metroid. Um, yeah. Tougher game to get into. It was very cool. I yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, really liked it. Probably played Metroid the least. Solomon's Key, I really liked. Uh, yeah, I thought I, I remember that one. I remember liking that one. So I think I, I played a bit or got to see you play a bit maybe. Um, I remember that one out of the three the most. Yeah. So I uh, I have that one. Um, actually, I have all these games, obviously. Obviously, I had to go out and get like the first three Nintendo games I ever played. So they're in my collection. Yeah, uh, of course. So loved Solomon's Keep at Castlevania, dude. This game, this was like, this was the one you could pick up and just play and was so much fun for everybody. I get it. I get it now. So what was your history? Just this week? Did you pick it up this week for the first time? Yeah, man. Like, I, I'm trying to think of my history. I've seen you play it for sure. I've... But no, it wasn't one of those games that I just got like addicted to watching you play. Like it wasn't one of those games where I was like, oh man, you know, Tim's playing Castlevania. I got to watch. I was never super into it. Um, and playing it myself, like sometimes I I never owned it. So I think maybe if it was in like some sort of collection of games or maybe I was at a friend or maybe like I was at your place or something, I n- never really played it for very long. Like I, I think I've I've fired it up a couple times and been like, this is hard. I don't really know what to do. And then just stopped. Mm. And I will tell you, Tim, playing this week, my goodness, I'm just so in love with this game, so in love with retro games. It just like, like games where you can't just save it every second and just like like these games where everything is on the line with every move that you make, It's it was just thrilling, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Now, I had to check in on you because I know with the Switch and these games, you can make save states and you can just like, you could walk ahead 10 feet and as long as you didn't get hit, you could save it. So you can like always just basically make your way through a game. I've done that a few times uh, just to see like games that are super, super tough, just to see how they play out and how they end. Um, 
so I, I appreciate that. I just uh, was making sure you weren't doing that for this yeah, run. Because no. Because that would be I, unacceptable. Yeah, the only time I did that is when like I went to sleep and I wanted to carry on from where I was. And that right. was only in two and three. In like the middle one, of the level I was, or something? One, I was just like, I got to do this thing. Castlevania is released in North America in 1987 by Konami. And Castlevania is basically an adventure horror video game. Uh, it has heavy references to the characters found in the Universal Monster universe. Yeah, man. That's our jam. That's our jam. We love that. Uh, it was created by a gentleman, Hitoshi Akamatsu. And he stated that he wanted players to feel like they were in a classic horror movie. That's so cool, especially back for that time when it's going to totally. be so difficult to achieve something like that, right? Yeah. Now, when asked, why do the Belmonts fight with whips? His reply was, it matched the world of the game I wanted to create. And as far as weapons go, whips are great at repelling enemies. Mm. Also, because I love Raiders of the Lost Ark. Cool. <laughs> that is cool, eh? <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, I love it, man. Whip, it does seem like an odd choice when you think about it. When you think of like, okay, man, if there's, a, if there's a mummy running at you, what do you want? What's the weapon you want? No one's saying whip. No, everybody's saying gun. Everybody wants a gun. Yeah, whip is hard to use. That's a hard thing to use. But in, uh, playing this game, man, I don't want anything but that whip. That whip is incredible. Yeah. Uh, Akamatsu was um, a huge fan of film. And he tried to get a movie feel into his games. Uh, he felt like the framing of what the player would see was something that needed to be respected. So he did his best to achieve that with cinematic visuals. I know the attempt of the music was also to be cinematic. So both mm. uh, the, the game direction and the music um, had the idea that the, a cinematic feel would be the best. So Great. It definitely comes across that music is incredible. Now, the story of Castlevania is the classic tale of the Belmont family trying to rid the world of Dracula's evil. And in this game, Simon Belmont travels to Dracula's castle and tries to make his way through the castle up to the tower where Dracula resides. What I really liked about this, this was one of the very first games to show you uh, like a progression map, like of where you were after you beat a level, kind of what you went through and what was coming next. Right. There were right. not many games out at this time that had something like that. Right. You know, you can you can like track where you've been, but you can also see like what's coming ahead. It's like, okay, well, when I beat this stage, I'm not going to be at the end yet. But you know that it's only going to take a few more stages to get right to the top. Yeah, it really helps immerse you in the gameplay. Yeah, for sure. The The whole weapon system was excellent. I think it was also very much oh, ahead, yeah. ahead of its time for this, uh, for, for this year, 87. Now, you start off with like your basic whip. It's called the paper whip. 
And from there, you can get two additional upgrades to your whip. So you can get the Morning Star, which is the metal whip. Okay. And you can get that in short form, and then you can upgrade it to long form. Okay. Along with that, they've included sub-weapons. So the sub-weapons are the dagger, the axe, the watch, the holy water, and the boomerang. Now, each one of those will help you progress through different parts of the game uh, with a little bit more ease. But it depends what you pick up and when and um, kind of managing uh, your sub-weapons. And then along with your sub-weapons, like as if the sub-weapon isn't cool enough, they add a multiplier to your sub-weapon. So you can pick up doubles or triples. So you can throw, instead of throwing one, you can throw two or you can throw three. So there's all these levels of like upgrading your basic weapons, which is is fairly new at that time. So very, very, very cool. It took me multiple hours of play to realize that that is what that thing was that I picked up. Oh, really? No, I get get that. Yeah, I like, I had no idea what that meant. At one point I was like, maybe it means my hit is like doubled. Yes. I couldn't quite figure out exactly what it was until I started to rapid fire throw like daggers. And then like two of them came out and I was like, oh, okay. I don't think I was able to do that before. And I finally caught on that those were multipliers. Two and three is what you can get. And oh my goodness, once you know that and you get them, you're pumped. And that's like a big upgrade in the game. It is a big upgrade. You can do a lot more than you could before that. And and not knowing that going through, like I was never trying to throw more than one at a time when I didn't know it. But then when I knew it, it was like, oh man, got to get those multipliers. That's going to make things way easier. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm loving the dynamic of you just like essentially playing this for the first time. I always love when this happens. I I know something, um, you're new to it, uh, but I get your take on it. And I had forgotten that was a thing. But as you say it, I completely remembering not knowing what that does until For you sure, try yeah. it. And I probably found it out by accident. Just like, you know, you accidentally hit your button a couple of times and two things exactly. come out. Two of your weapons yeah. come out. So that's neat. Uh, there's meat, special meat you can find that will fill your life back up. What that what that adds is a really interesting dynamic where the this like power up for your life is hidden within walls. So because you need that, it it like adds investigation to the gameplay for sure uh, yeah. you want to go around and like whip in certain areas where you think you might be able to break the wall because you want to get that life and it's especially apparent if you get down to you yeah. know the bottom quarter of your life um you're definitely hitting every piece of wall you can trying to find some meat so yeah when i'm desperate I'm, I'm i'm whipping every stone every every wall everything i can possibly get my whip on i'm whipping if i'm down on life. oh for sure yeah yeah and then when you Which finally another I was just going to say, which is another thing I had to learn was that that meat was life because like there's hearts in this game and they don't mean life. And like I've played a lot of Zelda games and like to me that hearts mean life. So I I had to switch there and I, I figure out that you needed to find something else to get health back. Mm-hmm. I feel like they did a really great job also of making you actually feel like you were in a castle. Oh, yeah. Uh, just with like the graphics. um the the places they're taking you through the yep. castle that you really feel like you're making your way through this castle so i thought that was very good yeah definitely now dean as i was like breezing my way through this replay um i'm reminded that these platforming video games are like riding a bike like you mm. can they're very hard to learn yeah but you will never forget how to do it yep doesn't matter if i haven't i haven't played this in a year probably yeah. maybe more when i sat down i just sat down i'm like here we go just rifle through everything i know i know all all the stuff but 
It's so weird. It's so weird how that works. Your fingers just remember what to do. Because it's like, so hard. It, it's so hard the first time you're so playing It's so hard. Game. You had to do it so much. Like, that's what I learned this week is I have to play this level over and over and over again and learn exactly what my fingers need to do in order to get through it. It's not even like my eyes reacting to anything anymore. It's just my fingers remembering what to do in that specific moment. And I could totally see that. I've I've a game that I did play a lot when I was young is Super Ghouls and Ghosts. And I can fire that. I have a Super Nintendo still. And I can fire that thing up and haven't played in like years. And my fingers remember what to do. And I like can get through that game. Um, I could totally get that with Castlevania. It's the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I got the full Nintendo experience with this one. So yeah, I played this on a Nintendo on a 13-inch tube TV. Amazing. I can see it behind you right now. Yeah, I sent you a picture of it. I'm like, I'm, yeah. I'm playing this now on this TV. I had all sorts of trouble getting the game started. Mm-hmm. So the Nintendo wouldn't boot the game up. Perfect. So yeah, I'm sitting perfect there, I'm, I'm, blowing, I'm blowing in the game, I'm blowing in the system, I'm rubbing it back and forth. It took you forever to, yeah. just to get the yeah. game booted. And then I was, you know, everything's good. I'm playing, having a lot of fun. And then... I'm about to beat the Grim Reaper and the system freezes. No, not a system and freeze. That it. Come that on. It. That was it. I had to turn it off and that was it for... Uh, for sure. Yeah. You're never, never coming back like, well, to that. I'll, yeah. I'll play that again in a year. But yeah, that just reminded me how painful yeah. it can be when you play these old games on Nintendo. And this, I've had this happen before in other games. Some weird yeah. glitch happens. You've put so much time into your game. Some yeah. weird glitch happens and then you just have to turn the system off. You're like, all that was just wasted. Yeah, it's like overheated or whatever it is, and it just it just freezes. Done. Yeah. So for the art of the game, I just I thought they did a really great job of color theory in this game. The colors mm-hmm. are beautiful. They yeah. match complementary colors so often in in this game. And it just it's such a nice fit. So uh I wanted to call out to that. Just with yeah. 54 colors. The color palette that they produce, it's just, it's beautiful. It's like just visually stunning with, with such totally. limitations. It even has like some really rad colors, like some, like the, the second stage, I think it is, um, is kind of like a reddish pink in the background and it just looks so cool. Like it looks so eighties retro-y rad. I don't know. Like I just, I, I got to that stage and the music's like the pounding and that, that colors in the background. And it's, it's so, it gets you, it's like, like they said, it gets you in that mood that you're like in that castle. There's such a great use of the color. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. A couple more things here before I let you loose on your thoughts, but oh. Simon, Simon Belmont, the character you play, his animation was pretty groundbreaking for the time because I know this is a very simple thing, but most characters just had a two frame walk cycle. It's like left foot, right foot. That mm. That's how they walk. Yeah. Uh, this had an intermediate frame uh, in between those two. So it's just like left foot, then kind of your the feet are together, then right foot. But it ah, just yeah. gave it a little bit more of a smoother walk. Cool. So uh, that that helps out. Now, music is done by Kinuyo Yamashita. This is an amazing story. It was done by this... this lady she was probably around 20 years old at the time and it was the first project she's ever worked on first professional project she ever worked on wow it's so good it's it's some of the best it's some of the best iconic legendary it is yeah Yeah. there you go legendary 
Um, yeah, actually, that's about all. That's all I got okay. for that. For that. So what did you want to jump into with your experience in the game? Um, I, I would just first want to call out, it's what got me really hooked on it right away. Um, I, w- I, I had already told you beforehand when you said we were going to do three games. I was like, okay, yeah, that's cool. I'll put in a couple hours each game. Um, and I got kind of hooked immediately on Castlevania. And it's because of the unique enemies. Every enemy is doing something different. And you have to learn what each enemy does in order to get past that enemy on the screen. And I just really got, I got really into figuring that out. Like it's a game where you just run through and slash things, but it's also a puzzle where you have to figure out, okay, if I got this guy moving on the, if I got this Medusa head moving on the screen and I got this little uh, Igor guy jumping around, like I got to figure out when exactly I have to kill them because they are so punishing if you don't. These enemies can be so punishing if you don't get them at the right time. And so just the the variety, I guess. I, I wasn't used to that in a 2D scrolling game. It's really just like, you know, Mario, you jump on things' heads. Like, that's what you do. And it's like, they're, they're just kind of moving at you. There's not a lot of things that are doing a lot of different movements for me. But this game, every single enemy does something different. And you have to learn exactly how to beat that. So... As soon as I encountered a new enemy, I was like, I hate this. I hate this thing that's coming at me. I hate this bat. How do I deal with this bat? Mm-hmm. And then you learn how to deal with the bat, and they're not a big deal anymore. And I, I really liked that part. I really liked the enemies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're very cool. Yeah, they all do. They all have different movements. Like some of them are yeah. jumping up from below. Some of them um, come at you in in a erratic erratic movements like the hunchback yeah. you don't know what that guy's gonna do next he's, oh, he's i hate that guy he, he makes you the most anxious out of anybody because he seems so he just seems completely random the medusas are very formulate formulaic they 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 kind of come in yeah. the sine wave pattern up and down um so if you can get your timing down on them you're good but if you can't they overwhelm you uh, yeah you've got characters who actually will retreat instead of mm-hmm. attacking so you've got both sides of it, like the, ske- totally. the skeleton yeah. guys. If you head towards them, they'll jump behind, like they'll jump back, trying to get away from you. Yeah, uh, while they're throwing bones at you, so they're still attacking you and retreating. So you have to figure out a way how how can I get close to them to kill them, but not get hit by their bones. Like yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. just very unique how to get at them. Yeah, you got stationary targets to fight. You've got yeah birds flying around you, mm-hmm. you, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, so it is it is very much learn your enemy and then you know, progress and try to defeat them. So yeah, Medusa heads, man. I I hate those things. I know they're very like the pattern you can predict. I cannot do it. I hate those things. I'm always, I'm always trying to just not get hit by them. I'm not even attempting to slash them. I'm just trying to avoid them. Yeah. So after like decades of playing that game, they are, they're, they're not so difficult for me anymore. I just know. Yeah. I don't try to attack them. I just, I, yeah. I can easily avoid them. But what they're good for is when you need items, you can, you can like grind. Like, you know, the term grind yeah. from video games. For just sure. like, yeah. You just have to attack the same thing over and over again to try to yeah. like upgrade or collect items. You can grind against those guys and you can yeah. kind of get into, you can get yourself um, positioned in a spot where they will just come up right mm. in front of your whip. So if you just position yourself in the right place, right. they'll do their little thing. And as they're coming like past, they won't even hit you. They'll just be coming like in front of you and you just whip them. And then maybe yeah. you, you move to collect the item, move back to the same place. Another one will come in the same spot, whip them. It's a great way to collect hearts. I found before bosses, if you really need them and they're there. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, because they don't, they, like you said, they don't adjust their movement based on where you are. They just come at you. They, so if you have yeah. it lined up. Their movement changes based yeah. upon where they enter the screen. If you run into the screen, then they're going to yeah. enter the screen, but you're running. So their trajectory to you is going to be different. If different, you like, yeah. if you inch your way into the screen, they're going to come at you, but you're only moving slightly. So you'll have more time to fight them, you know. Yeah, more time. To another react. yeah, that actually reminds me of another thing I learned while playing this game. Where I, I like I don't play a lot of games, so as this is something that kind of came as a shock to me. You don't go kill everything. That's not the point of the game. The point of the game is to get up to Dracula and kill Dracula. So don't like I learned pretty early. Don't kill everything on the screen. You don't have to do that. You just have to not be killed by everything on the screen. So if you can run past something, that is totally fine. Like that is what you should do if that's the best way to get past it. And it took me a little bit to figure that out. No, definitely. It's um, it's very much the type of thing where you need to learn what's coming next. Like they often set it yeah. up like, okay, you get to this new area and you're very passive about it. And the programmers expect you to be passive. So they, they send something your way. They send something down to passive player to kill you. Yeah. The yeah. best way to play the game is to move as fast as you can. Move. Killing yeah. the things you can. And th like that's the way to do it because you can. they often set things up that if you're aggressive you will just kill things as they come out at that time. So if, yeah. you're, if you're inching your way through, you give the programming and the bad guys a chance to get the upper hand on you. But if you're moving as fast as you can, they don't really have a chance to like get set. Um, or like sometimes like if an enemy jumps up and then lands, then you have to deal with that enemy. But if you're yeah. running as fast as you can, as they jump up out of the water, you can just slash them before they hit the ground. And then you just can keep continuing on. Um, so totally. I, I definitely, that's one of the ways that I can progress through this game so fast is by knowing all the little things that I need to do and like how to beat who and what to do, you know, what weapon to have here, what sub weapon to have here, uh, how to kill people, who to run past, who to kill. Uh, you can really go through this game fast. Like I can, I probably got to the Grim Reapers level in about maybe 30 minutes, maybe 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. I think I died one time before the Grim Reapers level, okay. which is like one death or one continue. One death. Oh which, wow! And that's, that's that's abnormal. That's abnormal. Yeah, that's impressive. I was uh, I was like, how? Okay, I'm going to do this for the podcast. I'm going to go all the way. Yeah. I'm going to beat the Grim Reaper. I'm going to get to Dracula's level on one man, which yeah. I've done before. And then the pressure uh, set in, and I was yeah, like, okay, sure. level one, no problem. Level two, no problem. Level three, yeah. I started to get beat down a little bit. I started to forget about a few things, and then I yeah. died on level three, and I was like, oh no. And yeah. then I, uh, my next man, you know, I beat uh, level three, I beat level four, and then I got to level five. And then, uh, yeah, that, that one, I was ill prepared for that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, That's a really, I, really tough I was getting a bit, yeah. I was getting a bit cheeky there too. And then uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got, uh, I got killed a couple times, but then I had the right sub weapon. I was on my way to kill the Grim Reaper and it just froze. So yeah, that was the end of that. I can, I can probably like, you've played this way more than me. I could probably get through stage one and two now without dying, but I don't think I could get past three. Um, but like, what is you, what I like about this game is so playing it straight. Um, you can't just save your game. It's an old Nintendo game. And so you just, that there's no memory to do that. Um, so they give you, you know, three lives or whatever it is, and then you get unlimited continues. So whenever you die out of those three lives, you continue and you just start back at the beginning of the level. Yeah. So every time you reach a door, that's like where you're going to be brought next if you die. 
So I was always just like, just get to the next door, like just run to the next door, just find the next door, get there. Once you get through, you're like, okay, I can breathe. Because if I die now, at least I will start back at that next door. If you have to go continue, you have to start at the beginning of the level. But it was interesting how it would take it like basically stage by stage where I just got to get one door to the next. And if I can just get through that one, I'm good. And it was really, it just, I, it was really fun. I like small increments like that, where I have a very focused thing that I have to do. If it's just like two minutes long or whatever it is, I just need to focus till I get to that. And then once I get to the next door, I can reset, you know, refocus on that thing. Yeah. Okay. Let's go for maybe one more minute on Castlevania one. And I will let you say what you want to say, whatever it is. For one more minute. Okay. So most of the bosses, like you said, universal monsters, very cool. I loved running into, um, you know, Frankenstein's monster, running into um, mummy as the, like, there's two mummies as one of the bosses. Um, there's a Medusa's head, which is not uh, uh, not universal monster, but I, I really enjoyed the bosses. I, I kind of, you know, usually you get to a boss and you're like, oh no, I dread the boss. I looked forward to the bosses because it was always something I recognized and something that I, that I liked. Um, finishing off obviously with Dracula, which was really fun, really punishing. Um, but just, I, I, I played that guy for maybe four hours in the last couple of days, just Dracula. And, uh, I kind of want to go back and play him again. Like I've just been so used to it that I, I just want to do it some more. Yeah. I'll just throw in there that if you hadn't beaten that second incarnation like you beat dracula then you fight this other thing afterwards yeah which when i was a kid and i heard about that i didn't even believe the person who told me i'm like that's bullshit that's not true that sounds like a lie right. so yeah. if you were if you were going to come to this podcast not having beaten that guy i was going to tell yeah. you which i feel is true and i believe is that if you beat dracula you've beaten that game the, these programmers throwing in some other fucking idiot at the end yeah. when everybody's like, oh, I just beat the game, your guard's down, and then just some new monster comes in. That is BS, dude. That's the same totally. as uh, Super Ghouls and Ghosts. Yeah. I have beaten that game. I think we talked about it before even. I beat that game, okay? Yeah. I went through that entire game, painstakingly played that game, beat it, and then they told me I need to like, go back and do it all again because I didn't bring him a bracelet or something like that. Well, you didn't get the special what? weapon that you can't get. You can't get. Guess what? I don't care. I, yeah. I did what did I did. What I know you are supposed to do in a video game. That's start yeah. at level one. It's go all the way through the game, beat the guy who you're supposed to beat, and then it ends. So I beat yeah. Super Ghouls and Ghosts. You beat Castlevania, and I then did. you beat the program. Extra. Yeah. Extra Castlevania. <laughs> yeah. So, so anybody, uh, anybody listening, if you beat Dracula, you have my seal of approval for beating yeah. that game. Yeah. And okay. So you got it. I'm just going to say you get two weapons at the end there. You can get the cross, like the boomerangy cross thing, or you can get the holy water right at the end because there's a bunch of candles as you go up. And those are the two weapons the candles have. The holy water's cool because it can freeze an opponent. Like when you throw a holy water, it the the enemy just stands there. Like they're they're caught. But that doesn't work on Dracula. So you need the boomerang cross to beat Dracula. But then when you get to Rock Monster Guy, you really wish you had holy water because <laughs> he jumps all around the screen. Yeah, one's good for one guy, the other's good for the other. So. Yeah, so I went cross. I went cross, that's how I beat him. That's how I beat Rock Guy too. 
All right. I will say, Tim, to closing thoughts. Closing thoughts on Castlevania. I thought you just had your one minute of closing thoughts. I got one closing thought. I like, I always get really crazy about these things and say like, I love everything so much. But like, honestly, one of my favorite games. Like this is a top 10 game right away. Nice. You know, I'd have to, I'd have to run down the whole list to see if it's top five. But number one, like definitely top 10 game. This is an incredible game. I'm uh, kind of obsessed with it right now. Okay, Dean. Well, I'll tell you one thing. You were correct about that, sir. Yes. I appreciate that. That is a good call. This game is a classic. It is one of the best. Yes, I like I like your top 10. I, I, I like your top five. That's a great call. Mm-hmm. Moving on to Castlevania 2. This, Dean, was the first Nintendo game I was able to purchase myself. No way, Tim. Yeah. Up until this time, it was just like ask for games or the family gets a game or something. We rent games. I was uh, bawling in paper root money. And this game came out. I was able to purchase it. I was able to look forward to this one and save up and buy it, which meant so much to me as a kid. Yeah. You're probably so excited. You're probably oh, so excited to buy this thing. I was because also at that time it was like uh older brother kind of like was in control of the system for the most part because he could beat me up. So I wasn't really allowed to touch his games or play his games. So if I wanted to play something, I would either have to buy like a duplicate copy of what he had almost or just right, like yeah. find my own games that I love that he didn't want to play. So, yeah, so yeah. this was one I was like, okay, I can get my own game and I'm going to be able to play it because it's mine, right? So over the course of one week during the summer, I bought this game. It, it's summer, dude. It's summer. I'm, I'm on like summer, summer break from school. Yeah. All I had was my paper route. Yeah. Right? That's done in the morning. That's done in the a.m. No, 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 no. This was even better. Oh. Dude, this was back when you only had to have it done by like supper time. Oh, wow. The, the pa- this is way back in the day. The papers showed up at like one o'clock in the afternoon oh, and you wow. had to have them done by like five. So it's just like, yeah. <laughs> great. I, it, was, it was great. It was great, man. So I'd, I'd wake up, I'd play this game for four hours. I'd do my papers. I'd play this game for four hours. I'd go, go, oh. go meet with the friends on the street yeah. for a couple hours yeah. after supper, then come back and play for like another hour or two. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I just have such great memories of this game, but this one was released in North America in 1988. So one year later, okay. now I mentioned yeah. I um, played it in the summer. I think it was released in like early in the year, like really early. Mm-hmm. And I didn't play it for like maybe half a year when it, when it, when I'd gotten it, I, I don't, I think it took a while for it to get to our city. Like, I think it was released and then it yeah. was really, really hard to get your hands on a copy so by the right. time we could finally get a copy, it was far after its release. Okay. I'm not sure yeah. if that's like maybe um, they don't know how many cartridges to create. So they kind of play the market a little bit. They create some cartridges. 
send those out if they all sell maybe they'll do like another run and then see how those sell but right i do i just didn't get in first run or whatever it was yeah it's very hard to like find out about those things back in the day it's just like you were like 10 right so who know who even knows yeah yeah i mean you go to the store they have it or they don't and then you ask them are you getting more yeah maybe i don't know like yeah come back every week and maybe we'll have one so It, it always made it that much more exciting when you could go to the store and actually find it for sure, yeah. And, and get one. So uh, again, yes, created by that uh, Hitoshi Akamatsu fellow, this, gen- this mad genius. Now, Dean, you know this better than anybody. When you beat Dracula in Castlevania 1, mm-hmm. he explodes. And his body parts go off in all different directions. And in Castlevania 2, that is Simon's mission, is to collect the body parts of Dracula so he can bring him back to life and kill him again. Great. Sounds great. <laughs> Isn't that super aggressive? Yes, it's very aggressive. Like Dracula's dead, but you want to bring him back to kill him again? Yeah. Whoa, man. I'm just like, that's that's pretty Dude, alpha. That's, that's a pretty alpha move. That's to the max, man. <laughs> that is to the max. That's yeah. to the max. You kill Dracula, you're going to collect his body parts and kill him again? Yeah, yeah. to the max. He deserves a double death. Now, <laughs> Castlevania 2, another side-scrolling platformer, but this time it's far different. It has uh, a level of uh, role-playing integrated into it. Yeah. Now, I'm not a role-playing game fan, but this one, it had just the right mix of role-playing and adventure that I just fell in love with it. And this one, unlike the first one, is non-linear. So it's it's more of an open-world map where you can kind of go where you want to go. You're just, Mm -hmm. you're allowed to explore. Uh, you can you can revisit places uh, you've already been, and it's just you know go go whatever go go whatever way you want. Now uh, in this one, Simon is able to talk to townspeople. You can mm-hmm. like converse with people who are walking around. You can buy items from merchants. Um, you can like go in and out of buildings. So these are all new things that the first game never had. There's also a day night mechanic. So like it'll it'll be daytime and then it'll all of a sudden switch to nighttime and that affects different things in the game. Uh, yeah, day- what a horrible night for a curse. That's right. Um, the the daytime is like the safe time where there aren't a lot of bad guys out. There's bad guys in yeah. certain areas. They're a lot weaker. And then when the nighttime comes, that's when the bad guys are everywhere and they're more difficult to kill. But yeah. it's a very fair system here because. If you put in the time to kill them, you get like more in return in True. like the whatever they drop, like the hearts yeah. that they drop is like doubled. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a fair system. Now, unlike the first Castlevania, number two has a password feature, which allows you to save your progress and pick up at a later time. So that's just such a big deal to be able to do that. It's just, it's, oh, yeah. it's huge. Now, Castlevania one, you I don't think you necessarily need that. Because once you get really good at it, you can really make your way through those early levels fast. But in this game, you really need a password feature. Definitely. You need a password feature. Yeah, for sure. Like, not not necess- if you knew exactly what to do in this game, you might not need a password feature. But because you have to put in so much time figuring out exactly what to do, you definitely need one. Definitely. Yeah. It's longer than Castlevania 1, but you can beat this game fast. Uh, yeah. but not not your first like many times you need to know exactly what to do you have to memorize exactly what to do and then if you know yeah. that then you can make your way through for sure yeah then you can make your th- way through and it's like not 
it's not super challenging, but fi- trying to figure out exactly what to do. Like you said, it's like role playing, but it's not. It doesn't really just lay everything out for you. No, it's a li- for me, it was a little difficult to figure out exactly what to do. And I get that. And I'm gonna kind of lay the explanation of this game out um, a little bit different. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna explain, kind of like the first maybe thirty or forty minutes of my experience this recent playthrough, because I think they really set this game up really well. Um, to teach you how to play the game if you just know the early right steps of what to do uh, okay yeah, like if you yeah. just if you pick this game up it can be very 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 confusing but yeah. from from the point of view of if you know what to do how well this game is put together i'm just going to try to like explain it that way but um just a, yeah. cu- a couple things away from that but okay i, I want us to touch again on the art of this game yeah so yeah. Uh, um you can you can sip your beer there so you saw you go in for a sip and I started talking and you pulled away. I never want to pull someone away from the sip of their beer. Thank you, Tim. It's done. It looks like you need a refill too there, bro. Yeah. I mentioned the complimentary colors in Castlevania one, and they did it kind of all on the screen at the same time, which looked great in Castlevania two. They separate those complimentary colors between day and night. So it's not all together on the screen at one time. It's during your your day cycle, you have one one of the colors. Then in the night cycle, you have the color opposite of opposite of it on the color wheel. Yeah. To yeah, to yeah. create even more of like this dynamic effect, which I think is a very smart use of color, but I feel like it was also a really big risk for them at the time because it it could have possibly failed. Like people may not have people may have thought that like the daytime is just too bland. The nighttime is too bland, but they do a a good enough job of kind of transitioning you back and forth so frequently that in a sitting, you'll get both of those colors and it'll all make sense to you in that sitting. Yeah, totally. Yeah. They, they do it like it might be every 10 minutes or something. Um, but it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty quick. I feel like it's less than that. Yeah. It might even be quicker. And do you get the feeling that day goes way faster than night? I definitely got that feeling, Tim, but that's probably because as soon as it's night, you're like, ah, shit. Now I got to whip so many more times (laughs) to get past any of these enemies. Um, yeah, no, I, I liked, I actually really do like the color shift. I mean, it makes sense in day and night. Like you want it to look a little bit different. Um, And then you have sort of a visual cue of when you can be relaxed and when you have to be more tense. Um, I just, I I like those things. I like everything that, um, you know, goes into uh, a scene being different, like making you feel different. So one would be music and the other would be color. Like just seeing that color be different. Yes. Speaking of music, Dean. Kenichi Matsubara made the music for this game. This is my favorite video game soundtrack of all time. Yes. Bar yes, none. Tim. The only thing that comes close, uh, and it's a bit of a tight battle, is Metroid. Because Metroid has some of the okay. most classic tracks yeah. I've ever heard. But as a full soundtrack goes, this is the one. It has more tracks. Um, this is it. Dude, This I have this on my phone. I've got... I've got a whole playlist of Nintendo music, but all of these tracks are on it. I just, I love this music so much.
I'm glad you said that, Tim, because that's one thing I noticed pretty pretty early playing the game is uh, I was playing it and I was like, this thing rocks. Like this music's rocking. I'm right in the Castlevania zone with this music. Like it, it may be playing differently than the first one, but I feel the same. Like I feel like I'm in the same zone and that has a lot to do with that music. Yeah, definitely. It, it, yeah. it is playing different because the way you start this game out Right, starts out the music's pumping. It's just like boom, you're you're going yeah. and you're looking around and there's no one to fight. There's no bad guys, right? You're in the town in the daytime, which is a safe place. So what do I do? What, you look around. Um, it's got some yeah. of the some of the same cues as Castlevania One, right? Like mm-hmm. the the art style is is the same. You see mm-hmm. these blocks, so you know there's going to be like jumping and platforming, and you know what these blocks. You see these blocks, and you know what they mean, right? You can go here, you can't go there. The music is quite aggressive right off the bat. It makes you want to find somebody to kill, but it's for sure there yeah. is nobody. <laughs> yeah, you can go and try to slash a townsperson, but you'll just talk to them instead. <laughs> yeah, you talk to them. The second person you encounter in this game offers to sell you a white crystal. Yeah, for fifty hearts which you just happen to have already. You have 50 hearts. So yeah. you're going to say yes. Do you, did you buy the crystal? 100%. 100%. You have 50 hearts. They're like, do you want this? Why? Yeah, 100% probably, right away. I yes, I would love to this. buy that crystal. Now, that's very different because there's like a currency system, right? Yeah. So the first game didn't have currency, but now in this one, you can purchase things. Yeah, you collect the hearts still by like killing enemies, but now they're money. Right. Like it's Instead not, of now, like... It's, yeah, the amount of weapons you could use before, like that was your count of sub-weapons you could use. Now it's sort of money that you can buy things with. Yeah, exactly. So you buy this crystal and you seemingly can't do anything with it. So you feel like you got ripped off there. I tried multiple times to do something with it. Yeah, it, it doesn't do a heck of a you lot. You can't do anything. I tried all the buttons and all the <laughs> yeah. ways. <laughs> yeah, can't do anything you can't figure it. anything out. So you, uh, you'll find a couple of other merchants in the town. One of them is still the first town. Like we haven't left the first like real town. Yeah. And there's uh, another merchant selling you a thorn whip so you can get an upgraded whip. And then there's somebody selling holy water so you can get mm-hmm. a sub weapon. So I kind of make my way to the right. I make my way out of this level to the right yeah. to start trying to collect some hearts because I want these sub weapons. Yeah. I grinded those werewolves. Exactly. Now to get those hearts. Yeah. Here's a really cool thing about this game is we know from Castlevania 1 that when you start the game, you start walking to the right. This game, you can go left or you can go right. right. You don't have to go right. You can go to the left. It's really cool. Yeah, I went to the right. Most games, you just typically go to the right. So you, you're sure. just used to that. That's like built into gamers mentality for platformers is go to the right. Yeah, um, I did the exact same thing. I went right to the right and I just kept going to the right till I couldn't go to the right anymore. <laughs> yeah. And if you go to the left, that's fine. But the bad guys are so difficult that you can't get past them yeah, at this yeah, point. Yeah. So you just get, it's like a, a barrier. You just get knocked down. So yeah, you go to the right, you grind for these hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I did at least. I grinded for the hearts and went back and bought both these items. I bought the upgraded yeah. whip and I bought the holy water. So that's exactly what I did. Yeah. So interesting with the holy water, different than the first game. Once you buy it for 50 hearts, it's unlimited. You can use as many as you want. It doesn't matter yeah. how many hearts you have. It doesn't have anything to do with that. You can just use them as much as you want. And what the holy water can do is it can break blo- it can break these blocks that you're walking on. Not all of them, but it'll break hidden blocks. 
So what that becomes yeah. is like the new kind of thing in the environment that you're like looking for or um, investigating. It's like, what can I break with the holy water? It's not your whip anymore that breaks the blocks. It's your holy water. So, so in this very first town that you start in, you collect three very valuable things to help you progress in the game. From there, you move over a couple screens and you get to a mansion. And you go into this mansion and there's a section of water you can't get past. Right? So it looks like you're supposed to go here, but you can't. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you equip your white crystal, mm -hmm. a, a moving platform will appear, allowing you to get into this mansion. Oh. So this white crystal that they've given you yeah. in the very first town is an item that you need to get to the very first thing you're supposed to do. But you have to know to equip it. Right. Right. So I feel like they're teaching you things in this game, same as Castlevania 1, but they're teaching them a bit slower because the game's a lot bigger. So it has to come a little bit at a slower pace. I think this is one of the things that really hooked me about this game uh, was that it was a bit more of a slower burn. It wasn't this like fast-paced pick it up, burst through it as fast as you can. It was a little, right. little bit more of like a thinking man's game. You got to figure out, okay, I'm here and I'm stuck, but maybe something that I bought can affect the environment somehow. And you try different things. And when you eventually figure something out, you're like, well, I'm just, I don't know what to do, but I'm going to just try this because maybe this will work. And then it does right. work. It's such a great payoff. Um, yeah, because it's actually a lot less of just like whipping and throwing weapons. The actual enemies, the whipping of them and the platforming is a lot easier than the first game, but it's a lot more thinking that's involved in the game to figure out where to go. Right. So these mansions are where Dracula's body parts reside. So there's five mansions. Now, Dracula's body parts do things for you. So I have Dracula's rib and you can equip it. If you equip it, you use his rib as a shield. So now you have a shield. Ah, oh, smart. So yeah, they do a lot of smart stuff like that. So yeah. I get out of that mansion. I keep going to the next town. I get to the next town and I'm able to upgrade my whip again which makes yeah. me even more powerful. So this is the vibe of the game. It's that each town you go to is going to have something that you need to progress yourself in the game further um, with the like exception of a couple really tough things to figure out. But that's the basic formula. Uh, this one is my favorite of the three by far. This is my favorite. Wow. This is higher on wow. my list than Castlevania 1. Wow. I, I love okay, this game. I just, everything about this game. And you can beat this game real fast and I've done it. There are three different endings to this game, depending on how fast you beat it. Oh, that's cool. I, I think there's a 10 hours and over. I think there's um, like two and a half hour to 10 hour. And then there's like zero to two and a half. And I swear, I, I beat this game many times as a kid and the ending would change. And I didn't know if I was going bananas or if, yeah. or if the ending was actually changing. Because all, cool. all it is, like in these old Nintendo games, you just get like a text ending for the most part. Right. But the text was different. It was like happy, medium, or really sad, like really like Interesting. depressing. And yeah. the funny thing is if you beat it the fastest, that you got the depressing ending for it. <laughs> that should be the best ending. <laughs> okay, Dean. So um, again, one minute, uh, final thoughts on this game. 
Okay. Okay. I like these one minute timers here. Um, okay. So I played, I played the first one. I pumped in so many hours into the first one cause I was so hooked on it. So then I went to the second and it was time to play the second and I started talking to some merchants in town. I could go to the left or the right. And I was like, you know what? Nah, screw this. This is not what I'm into. <laughs> so I turned it off right away and I just went to three and that was more what I was into. So then I played a bunch of three, but then, you know, I got to put in my time for the podcast. So I went back to two after I was done with three went back to two and really put in the time. And I really started to appreciate it the more I was playing it and I was getting more into it. And I was like, you know what? I get this. I get how this could be like a really good game. I was just like, there's so many little secrets that they're giving you throughout, but I was, I was writing them down on a piece of paper, like what everyone said. I wanted, I wanted to figure it out. This game like roped me in and I wanted to figure it out. I got to a point where I didn't know what to do. And so then I just kind of gave up and and watched someone beat the game on YouTube. Um, But I could understand that like, okay, you know what? If I had two weeks to play this game or whatever, I would try to figure this game out on my own. And I'd try to figure out everything about it because it was a cool change from the first just side-scrolling game. It was cool to go into something that was way different, but still had the same feel. So I definitely appreciate this game. Even though this is the one I played the least out of the three, I totally appreciate it. Yeah, and that that is the fun of it is is figuring things out for yourself, just kind of being stuck, yeah. but taking hints that um, the villagers are giving you, which oftentimes are just misdirection. So there are yeah, the clues are very cryptic. Well, and... I mean, sometimes they're the clues are legit, but most of yeah. the time the clues not just are they cryptic, but they're they're nothing. They're just they're meant to like make you they're meant mm. to throw you off. They have they have no bearing on the game. Um. The, the only thing is like some of the things that you have to be able to do, you will never figure out by yourself. You just, you won't yeah. be able to do it. It's like one of these, like, we're going to create a video game and um, make it so that people have to call the Nintendo hotline to figure out what to do. There's just, right, there's yeah. some things like put this item on um, when you get to this dead end and there's a body of water in front of you, put on this certain item and crouch down and hold down for like four seconds and then the whole screen will lower and then you can jump through the water and go continue going down. But like, there's no game cue that would ever teach you that that's something you could do. And why would you ever try that? That's like, that's like something like trying, Oh, maybe if I stand right here and jump up 30 times in a row, a a staircase will appear. You know, it's like, no one's ever going to try that. So the only way that that gets passed around is that, people who already know about that share it with other people. And there were, there were a few things in the game like that. There were some things you could just try. You could just try and figure it out like that, that platform that appears when you put the, the white crystal on. Well, you only have a couple items at that point in the game. It's very easy just to put on the crystal to see if anything happens and something does happen. But as you progress, they just, they make it so difficult in some areas. Yeah. Let's move on to Castlevania three.
do it. So this one starts off and they give you like a story. They give you a background story as the game's starting, which is cool. Great. And uh, they let us know this is a prequel to Castlevania 1. Cool. Very cool. Very cool. Now, um, new to the Castlevania franchise, when you start this game up, you get to enter a name for yourself. Cool. So after you enter uh, Buttface or whatever the kids do when they enter names, <laughs> uh, the, the first thing I tried this time, Dean, when the game started, I tried to go left. I wanted to check oh, it out. Oh, how did that work out for no, you? You can't go left. You that can't go left. That didn't work. And no. there was a torch, though, and I hit the torch, and it dropped a whip upgrade. So my whip immediately got upgraded. So now I know we're back to the Castlevania 1 formula. Totally, right? yeah. So they, just, they, they do a couple things right away to let you know. So yeah. that's really good. Now and that's like me going through the three. That's what I knew right away, right? Like I did the first, put in a ton of hours, got to the second. I was like, this is not for me. Yeah. Got to the third and was like, okay, this is what I want. Right. Back to this. Yeah. It's the, that's, that's more of the Castlevania one vibe. So yeah. I realized very early on in this replay of Castlevania three that I suck at this game because <laughs> I'm, hard. I'm getting my ass handed to me, dude. Yeah, um, this game's hard. This one was crushing me. I, yeah. I definitely think that they expect you to have some real good Castlevania uh, experience before you pick this game up. Oh, for sure. You get you get Igors right away. Like you get those little hunchbacks that jump around right away. Yeah. So after you beat the first level of this one, you realize that you actually get two different paths you can go on. Cool. Very cool. Now, I think it's very cool because this is like a melding of the two games exactly right? they've taken like the gameplay of the first one but yeah. they're giving you a little bit of an option a little bit of this open world with this which path do you want to go now even though the game is still linear like whatever you take up or down you're still going to get to the same spot um it it's just it's it's interesting and it makes you feel like you have some choice there right definitely i mean you you do have choice i think you will miss you don't play everything if you make certain choices you don't well, go you don't. to every like stage. if you go if you go up yeah yeah no no if you go up the levels are different if you go down yeah. the levels are different but whichever way you go you're going to get to the end you're going to get right you're, right, you're going yes, to get yes. to like you know um the end goal is the same the end goal is the, the same the castle is the same yeah, yeah definitely uh, yeah I, I definitely like that uh that you get the choice and also they have the map there. Like you said, with Castlevania one, you get the choice, but also they're showing you the map and they're like yeah. outlining where you go. So you can see the castle, you can see where you're trying to go and you can see what your choice did, what path you are now on. Right. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. That's, that's very true. And that was a lot of fun. I remember like just definitely seeing yeah. which way you were going to progress. So, and you can kind of see like obstacles, like you can kind of see some stuff on the map. So you're like, oh, do I want to go there? Do I want to go to that little tower yeah. thing? Or do I want to go to this little graveyard thing? Right, right. It's cool. Definitely. Now, this game had really cool environmental effects. This game came out in 1990. I, I failed to say that. Okay. Not much after the other ones, right? Yeah, like they're, not they're much They're all after, kind of like in, a, in a few year span. Amazing. Yeah, it looks a lot, a lot better. Now, a lot better. Oh, hold, hold on, though. I want to be careful with saying it looks a lot better because I actually think one and two look better than this because I love the retro vibe of one and yeah. two. This one looks crisper, cleaner. You can tell the graphics are superior. So in that way, it looks better. I don't like it better, though. Yeah. This one has like special effects happening. Very, very cool. Like some of the things going on 
you've got like um quicksand that your character yeah. can get can get stuck in which is a really neat uh, dynamic there's acid dripping from the ceilings that will melt mm-hmm. blocks there's blocks that will slowly break away as you're standing on them there's platforms that will swing and rotate if you're on them for too long so all that stuff is very very like technical that yeah. is is superior to the first two so so for for that it's it's great but i i like the i like the vintage a bit more Oh, totally. There's like owls in this third one that have like dimensions to them. Like they actually look like they're not just 2D on the screen. They look like they have dimensions to them. Um, but I'm with you. Like the uh, the original Castlevania, you're like that 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 Simon's my dude. But like, dude, in this game, they have like screens of stained glass that looks yeah. like stained glass in eight yeah. bit. It's it's insane. Like, I know. I can't even believe how they made it look so good. It's just, it's beautiful. Yeah. So I was blown away with how crisp it looked. Um, just still being on the NES. It's, and, it looks great. Yeah. And only like three years after the first Castlevania came out, yeah. right? Okay. So after you beat a bunch of levels, you fight Dracula, which seems a bit premature. Yep. But once you beat him, you meet a new character and it's Alucard, Dracula's son. And he offers to come along with you. So you can take this guy along with you on your journey and you can switch back and forth between uh, uh, Trevor. It's Trevor this time, Trevor Belmont yeah. and, uh, and Alucard, Dracula's son. So cool. that's the twist in this game is that you can play yeah. as multiple characters. Super cool. Super neat. So cool. I mean, we talked about it back, back when we were talking about uh, Bloodstained Curse of the Moon. Like just that option to play with different characters is so fun and can make... It makes it very replayable, mm-hmm. especially with the like optional paths as well, because those paths are actually going to determine what characters you run into. Uh, there's there's a Alucard, as we mentioned. There is a character named Grant and there's a character named Saifa mm-hmm. and they all have their own abilities. You can kind of it's almost like they're an extension of your sub weapon, right? Like you've got your whip. You've got your sub weapon, but then this is almost like a new sub weapon. It's like, who do you want for their abilities? What's going to help you best progress through the game? And in this one, I feel like it's more of um, a player preference rather than um, this is what's going to be best to defeat certain enemies along your way. I feel it's almost like, it's almost like what character do you, the player identify with the most and want to use. That's what I remember from playing this game the most is that I remember finding a favorite and using that one because I became more comfortable with them and their abilities and their, their dynamic because they all jump differently. They all like move differently. They all have different uh, powers. So who do you like? Who who do I like? I like Grant. Yeah. Okay. I couldn't get a hang of uh, the hang of Grant. I couldn't get a hold of him. Like yeah, (laughs) he can crawl on things. He can crawl on walls. He can crawl on the ceiling. And I didn't really I, I didn't really get very good at controlling that crawling mechanic. Yeah. So he can like hang on walls. So he can climb yeah. up the side of a wall. He can. Um, he's Spider-Man. He's like Spider-Man. Yeah. He yeah. can like hang up on the ceiling, but he's got a very small knife attack, but he's got a really big jump. So that's what he's yeah. good at. Alucard, he can turn into a bat and just fly anywhere you want on the screen. So Great. that's very good. But his attack is yeah. weak. It's fairly weak and limited. And he's so big and slow. Yes. I had trouble. Yeah. I had trouble controlling him. Yeah. And then Saifa is like your, uh, she's like the sorceress and she can, 
Yeah. She, she again has like a fairly small limited like attack with her wand, but then she has yeah. spells. She has like three different spells you can do. She can release fire, she can release ice, or she she can release these orbs that just kind of like float yeah. around the screen hitting people. So it's like who do you think's cool or like who 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 do yeah. you want to use? So it's 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 really neat in in that regard. I like Cypher. I liked all the spells. I thought like anytime you get a spell, I just felt so powerful, so strong. Yeah, and I mean the the Castlevania Netflix show is based on Castlevania 3, right? So you have Saifa is your yeah. like leading female character and Tre- right. Trevor is your leading male character. So, um, yeah, that's, that's cool. That they decided to go with Castlevania 3. Yeah, Good surprise they went with Castlevania 3, but I guess there's more story options uh, available for them with that. Yeah, and I think, I think that kind of just lends to how important this game is, how Castlevania 3 is so important. It started to expand the cast of characters of who could be included in this story about killing dracula and i think that's a really cool step for the whole franchise yeah the music of this one while it's excellent it's my least favorite of the bunch i would agree Uh, just nothing nothing memorable more more like just trying to make it sound like the other ones but nothing original that really like smacked me across the face so excellent but i don't have a single castlevania 3 song on my phone yeah so i did i did hear that uh the version that's on my Switch, the um, soundtrack is closer to what the Japanese version was, and they had an extra sound chip or something in their system so they could make more music. So my music was nice and full. It did sound pretty good. Um, but if you were playing on Nintendo, yours might not have been as full as mine was. So they have made that upgrade in what you can buy now, but still, um, still my least favorite of the three. I prefer the the less full sound on these eight, okay. eight bit games. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I know that the um, yeah the the Famicom, which is the Nintendo released in Japan. Right. Uh, yeah, everything came out a year earlier in Japan. Uh, all these games, uh, all the, the Nintendo. Um, yeah, their sound chip was better. But when I listen to those, when I listen to those songs, like I've listened to the Castlevania songs on the NES, I've listened to them on the Famicom. I like the NES ones better. It's just there's like. I don't know. It's, it just feels simpler. It's like more retro. It's, I like, I like the Castlevania because of how simple it is. And then if you add this extra like level of detail that they're able to add, I just feel like it takes away from the song. So right, yeah. that could be a factor of just me knowing the NES ones, like the, the, the original Nintendo ones. And that's what I fell in love with. Maybe if the Famicom ones were the ones that I played the first time, maybe that's the song I would love just because that was the first not sure what it is but for me definitely i prefer the ness the ness sounds i can get that because i like my favorite is still the first you know but that's maybe because i put so many hours into it but i just like that sound i like that original ness sound to it yeah so i don't have too much more to say about three this is the one i've played the least um i think this one is the hardest I I really loved playing it again because I remembered how much you need to memorize the levels and what the characters do. And you can't just run through it. I was trying to run through it like I was running through Castlevania 1 because I know Castlevania 1. And I found myself getting utterly destroyed in this game and getting frustrated. And it was kind of fun because when you play games that you've played over and over again, you you don't have a struggle with them. So to jump into this one and actually struggle and yeah. feel those feelings of like yeah. anger, I'm mad. Uh, why can't I do this? And that just makes you want to go faster, right? You're like, I was expecting to be done this level, totally. so I have to go yeah. through it even faster now. And uh, having not played this one so much, I really feel like I want to go through and play it 
progress yeah. further and try to have a good go at this game for for the first time yeah i like this one a lot um i think the first game is very difficult i know you had like muscle memory so you were going through it like pretty well but me sitting down for the first time it's probably why i never got into it because i do find it very difficult um but this third one i think is even harder than the first and after playing the first for so long and then stepping into the third I was just right away. I was like, oh man, they're hitting you with everything right away. Like you're getting the hard monsters right away. You're getting the hard enemies. The levels, the stages are way longer. It's way longer to get to that next door to get to that save point. Um, You get thrown back way further than you did in Castlevania in the original. If you end up dying, you get thrown back so much further that you have to gain so much more ground to get back to where you were. I found it punishing. I found it very difficult. Um, still very fun though, because like you said, there's that drive. There's like that, oh man, this is so hard. When you get close, you're like, okay, I just got to play 20 more minutes because I got to get there. I got to get to that next door. I will definitely be playing this one. Uh, a lot more i like this one a lot um i'm still kind of obsessed about the first one even though i just did beat that boss i feel like if i fired up i'm gonna just go back to the first one again um but i will definitely be playing the third one a lot more uh well do you have any final thoughts um final thoughts is just this this is amazing this franchise is amazing tim i'm glad you did this and um, we're going to be doing so many more video game episodes in the future, I think, because now I'm hooked. I'm hooked on games. Yeah, get you all fired up with this one. You're just all on board now. You got me fired up. I'm a gamer. Like, honestly, I didn't understand Castlevania. I didn't understand until now. I knew it was a big game. I knew people liked it. I didn't necessarily know why it stood out. But now I do. And I'm just a little bit obsessed with it. I, I love it. it it's a absolutely fantastic game. And all, all three. Honestly, all three are games that should be played. And I'm going to put in my time because... It's just fun. Yeah, hell yeah, they're fun. I love that you loved it. That's great. I didn't expect you to so be so much, hooked. Man. You you got me back in love with video games, honestly. Yeah, so we're going to be doing more. We got more coming. Yeah, I'm pumped. All right, Dean, time for what if. Let's do it. So, I just want to know, what if you take the monster genre out of this series? So everything's the same, like gameplay's the same, you've got the whip, you've got the weapons, take out the monsters, insert anything else. What what happens? What's that like? Uh, yeah, um, so the, the gameplay's good, the gameplay's cool, I like a lot of things about it. Um, if you keep the same level of difficulty, and you still keep like different enemies in it i still think it loses a bit of its charm uh maybe it's just because you and me love those monster movies so much but when i get to a boss and it's frankenstein's monster i just get excited like that just works on me when i get to the boss and it's mummy i just get excited so for me it's way better that they are like monsters in the game and that's like and it's a castle and it's dracula at the end like that's the best for me the game would still be fun but I, yeah i i like the monster aspect i think i'm with you i think this game yeah. it's it's gonna be 
tons and tons, all three of these games, tons of fun. If you put yeah. anything else in there, it doesn't matter. Zombies, dragons, uh, whatever. Go Greek mythology, go Norse mythology. It doesn't matter. It's going to be awesome. But there's something about these universal monsters that just make it all that much more exciting. And I remember feeling it the first time I played it as a kid. It's I want to see these monsters. It's just something that I connect with. So um, yeah, it's probably that we love the universal monster movies. Um, that's like a deep, deep thing, deep rooted thing with us. I feel like it adds so much to this, to this game. I think, yes, they work without it, but not quite as good. So great call yeah. on behalf of the director to, to do this. He wanted it to feel like people were in a monster movie. I think he nailed it. Cause that's exactly what I felt. Yeah, definitely. There's there's a stage that you get to the hunchbacks that are jumping around, and I was calling them Igors right away. I was just calling them Igors, yep. and my wife's sitting there watching me play, and she's like, why are you calling them Igors? And I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, I guess they're just little hunchback guys, but they look like Igor. And then you get to the boss, and it is Frankenstein's monster with Igor on his shoulder. Yeah. And I'm like, see, I was right. It is Igors. So like, just coming up to that boss and seeing that it is Frankenstein's monster... That was pro- for me that was probably the most excited I got in the game is just seeing that part of me like oh now I get to fight that monster like this is really cool. I just thought they were going with generic things but this is super cool. Awesome. Dean, thanks for agreeing to do those games. That was a oh, lot thank of fun, you, man. man. So so good. Um yeah, just so much fun. If anybody hasn't played those games, check them out. Just check yeah. Pro- check out Castlevania 1. It's probably like the most easy entry into the series, so. Yeah, and like put in an hour. Like I know it's going to be frustrating at first, but just keep playing and you will get hooked. Yeah. I put in so many hours this week into these three games and I was so happy about it. Thank you for joining Dean and thanks everybody for listening. We'll catch you next time. everybody i'm Corey, and i'm zach and we're the hosts of podcasting after dark a cast dedicated to late night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s often found on hbo and cinemax you know the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid you can find us every other week on apple podcasts spotify podbean and stitcher this is what you want this is what you get If you're looking for additional content from Talking Back, sign up for our monthly newsletter. We'll be doing monthly wrap-ups, sneak peeks, we'll show you some behind-the-scenes stuff, we'll be sharing recommendations, and who knows what else is going to go on. Find a link to the sign-up form in the bio of any of our social media accounts, or feel free to reach out to Tim or Dean and we'll set you up. That's it for another episode. Thanks to everyone for listening. If you'd like to drop us a line, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as TalkBackPod, or by email at TalkBackPod at gmail.com. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Those reviews will help more people find Talking Back. All right, that's it. We're done.